0: Looking for practical information to help you make decisions about your diagnosis, whether DCIS, early or metastatic breast cancer? BCNA's My Journey features articles, webcasts, videos and podcasts about breast cancer during treatment and beyond to help you, your friends and family as you progress through your journey. It also features a symptom tracker to help you manage the changing symptoms you may encounter during your own breast cancer experience. My Journey. Download the app or sign up online at myjourney.org.au.
1: let's be upfront about looking back on a breast cancer experience and talk about some of the things you might have wished you'd known let's be honest the experience of being diagnosed with and treated for breast cancer can be described as an emotional roller coaster because of the ups and downs and changes that happen along the way during treatment some people find their life is on hold as they navigate their way through the demands of treatment and its side effects when the hospital-based treatment ends it can often be a Time of immense adjustment. Joining us for this episode of Upfront are Kath Elliott and Janine Kehoe. Kath was diagnosed with locally advanced triple positive breast cancer at the age of 46 while Janine, also in her 40s, received the diagnosis of triple negative breast cancer at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Their firm friends. Kath and Janine are both passionate about developing more opportunities for those who've finished their active treatment to connect and and share their experiences. This episode of Upfront About Breast Cancer is an unscripted conversation with our guests. The topics discussed are not intended to replace medical advice nor necessarily represent the full spectrum of experience or clinical option. Please exercise self care when listening to this podcast as the content may be triggering or upsetting for some. Welcome, Kath and Janine. Thank you. Thanks, Kel. So I'm sure it's no surprise to the two of you that now that you've both come out the other side of active treatment, there must be some things that you wish you'd known on reflection. So Kath, when you were first diagnosed, do you remember those emotions of maybe
2: just that fast
1: frenetic pace of, let's get this out?
2: Yes, I absolutely do. I think those first two or three weeks, I was in complete shock. I think my world had been turned upside down and it was just, there was so much fear and panic, I guess, in those first few weeks. And it's like you've been on your treadmill of your normal life and then all of a sudden you're just catapulted off the treadmill and you're like, what the hell has just happened and I think for most people who are diagnosed there is that that moment and those first few weeks I had so many tests to attend you know I found the lump on a Wednesday by Friday I'd had the diagnosis on the Tuesday I had a port put into my arm and on the Wednesday I was starting chemotherapy and it was just I couldn't believe it on the Wednesday I remember looking back and thinking this time last week I didn't know that I even had breast cancer so for me it was yeah a huge week or two Uh, and then it slowly it slowly sinks in and I think a diagnosis is a very traumatic experience it's one that takes some time to process and everyone processes it in their own way so based on that
1: you just mentioned the just the sheer express nature of the whole diagnosis Mm. what do you wish you'd known now in hindsight what do you what do you wish someone had said to you that might have assisted that first week
2: I think that there would be a new normal with the cancer experience. I think the first few weeks were so full of, as I said, fear and panic, but that I did reach a point, I think, probably at the third or fourth week once I'd started chemo where I started to feel like I was getting into the new normal with treatment, and that started to continue each week. The other thing that I guess I wished I'd known was that breast cancer is such a a unique disease and everyone's experience of it is quite different. And so it was wonderful to hear people's stories about their own experience. But what became really important to me was that it was my experience and that what someone else had told me wasn't necessarily what was going to happen for me so I think it's really important to remember at the beginning of your own experience that don't take on board everyone else's situation um, I, I was able to speak with another woman who'd been through, just been through sort of 12 months of treatment and the one piece of advice that she gave me was just remember you're a unique person in the world and your experience will be different to someone else's so try and stay positive and yeah just don't take on too much negativity from other people's experience. Yeah which I think when you're diagnosed even through
1: treatment everyone knows someone who knows someone that they did this and you should try that and have you spoken to this doctor and make sure you eat that and don't do that but Janine, knowing Cash, a friend of yours, so do you think that hindered or helped when you were then diagnosed after her? Did you feel somewhat prepared or is what uh, Kath's saying ringing true about same, same but different? Completely rings true. And it was probably
3: due to Kath that I had a heightened awareness of breast cancer and I'd actually found a lump but I had a lot of cysts so for me I was like oh it's another cyst but I was very aware of what Kath had just been through so I went and got tested and the ultrasound came back okay and they're like yep it's a cyst but you know just to be sure we would like to do a mammogram and I thought oh there's no real hurry for this I'm going to be fine so I actually did wait which is a slight regret, but anyway, you learn. And I went and had a mammogram and actually found my cancer up the back, so it was a completely different area. Um, So I was very grateful to Kath because I then remember calling her pretty much on the day I think I was diagnosed. Um, And it was just great to have someone perhaps speak calmly to me and give me some confidence that I was going to be okay and that I was about to get on the roller coaster of emotions but I had support with people around me and I think that that's really important
1: to pull the people close and rely on them do you remember feeling fear particularly when the initial diagnosis was well it appeared that all you would need would Mm. be a lumpectomy similar to Mm cath and then that rapidly um progressed to needing a double mastectomy
3: yes so that was a real surprise um and that's one thing that i've learned during this whole experience is that things can change very very rapidly um and what you think may be going to happen sometimes doesn't but look you know i was told that i would just have a lumpectomy but then we couldn't get clear margins so i still remember sitting in that room going well, so what does that actually mean and i was very confused and i probably didn't really listen after that because once they told me that i kind of sat there in my own head thinking oh God, what's gonna happen now? And luckily my mum was with me and I remember ringing her that night going, so what did he actually say? What, what has to happen now? So, so thankful that I had someone with me at my appointments who could also hear what was going on because in that moment, a lot of fear, very frightened. Um, again, I had someone saying, you're gonna be okay. He did say, you're gonna be okay, but this is what's gonna
1: happen. So practical support is really important too. Definitely. So we hear about how it's great to have emotional and practical support, but I guess you'd wish you'd known someone had said to you, make sure you've got someone to not only be there to give you emotional support, but to take notes. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think there's so much information being thrown at you Mm. in those first few days, uh, weeks, I, I was lucky because my dad, he's a retired doctor now, and my brother's also a doctor. So I, I had their support from a medical perspective and I requested to receive all my test results and that's another thing. You really do need to be your own health advocate sometimes and ask to see copies of all your tests and all the correspondence because often you don't just get them so for me that was really important some people maybe don't want to be part of that but I really wanted to so that I could pass them on to my dad and my brother to have a look at Um, and they also uh, got we got another opinion from another oncologist friend of theirs as well which was which was really helpful. So were you confident were the two of you confident in asking questions or
1: questioning what was being suggested to you? Initially,
3: I probably wasn't, but that was mainly in that first consultation or when they basically told me that the game had changed and we were doing something a bit different and what I wasn't expecting, I wasn't. And it wasn't until I had time to take that information in, process it, think about it, talk about it. with. And my mum was a nurse, so she's very uh, medical and straight down the line, Um that I felt comfortable going back and going okay so what are my options is this the only thing we can do and actually asking those questions because sometimes I guess your medical team can have their own opinion and that's the way they want to proceed when sometimes there can be other options you can look at so I think it's really important to investigate those as well.
1: And obviously the two of you you have uh, relatively young children and and you're both working so busy lives. How hard was it to relinquish control of the things you couldn't control is it was that an issue for you I think with with Kath I remember discussing with you previously that you've really got to just narrow down on the things that you actually can control and try to do
2: away with the fear about things that you can't Mm, definitely definitely and I think um one of the hardest for me was um, to telling my children Um, but and even now I think about it and I think I had this awful feeling that I was going to be affecting their lives in a negative way but it's really amazing because kids are just so resilient and I guess Paul and I really wanted to be honest with our kids. They were um, at the time, I think, 14, 13 and 11 when I was diagnosed and um, each of them were at quite different, I guess, developmental phases so the way they responded was kind of quite different on what they needed but overall I feel that they they asked the questions really that they needed to. So we gave them the information. We said that, you know, mum's Mom, going to be OK. But we told them how long the treatment was going to be, what was going to happen, mum might lose her hair. But I think initially for kids, often hearing that word cancer is extremely frightening, as it was for me. I heard that word and I, I've, you literally jump to your deathbed. Yeah. It's really one of those quite, yeah, quite life-changing moments for me. And I, you know, I had dreams about death as well. It was really quite a fascinating experience to go down that rabbit hole and then come out again. Um, so do you think maybe with hindsight, what you yeah. wish you'd known, that
1: you need to be a little more open, but you were open? Or What are some of the lessons there that they are resilient you wish you'd known that they were going to be okay with the right information?
2: Yeah, I think, look, I wouldn't change the way we communicated with the kids. I think we did that really well. I mean, I guess what I wish I'd known is that, you know what, they really are resilient and they will be okay and that their schools were so supportive and and had their back and uh, our local community and friends were so caring and loving of the kids as well so I think I had had a lot of worry about the kids but they were actually they were actually fine they were okay Mm. and even now when I ask them about the experience they they still say oh look it was stressful but they had this inherent feeling that mum was going to be okay so it was it was fine Mm. Yeah. yeah
1: Janine You have children Mm. and initially when you were diagnosed, you chose to tell your Mm. children that um, you had breast cancer but didn't go into it. And was that because you're a single parent? Was that wanting to protect them a little bit whilst telling them the truth? Look, it was a bit of both. Um, In hindsight, I probably
3: would have done it a little bit differently because they did sort of go to find out themselves. They're at that age, they were 14 and 11. And it was really interesting because my children had very different takes on it. My daughter really didn't want anyone at school to know about it. Um, She for some reason, she just didn't want to be treated any differently. Whereas my son really um, reached out to his friends for support and um, sort of dealt with it that way. So they really did handle it quite differently together. But yes, you know, unfortunately with the triple negative sometimes when you do research it online it does come up with a lot of negative information and I just didn't want them reading that at the time. So I did, and I also just didn't want them to know too much because I think sometimes too much information for kids can be a little bit overwhelming at their age. And my daughter really did carry a lot of the stress of it. Um, she did take on a little bit of a carer's role for me, which was quite difficult to watch. And I think sometimes you forget that the kids need as much support as you do. Um, and particularly single mothers, I think, um, you know, I tried to carry on with life as per normal and not change too much for them. But the reality is they're watching you change because I lost all my hair. Um, I didn't feel well on certain days. So
1: I wish I'd probably just been a little bit more honest with them at the start. And do you think maybe when you say honest, perhaps do you mean showing your vulnerability? Correct, yes. So, which they eventually did
3: see anyway because, look, the reality is I wasn't 100% strong the whole time and there were moments of weakness where I, I just, you know... It was pretty emotional.
1: Um, but maybe the ma- that's the message too, it was, is it to be kind to yourself too. Yes, it's okay to 100 to be emotional, to yes. not be 100%. How can you be 100%?
3: Well, that's it. And, and it also showed them that there's nothing wrong with showing your vulnerability and that if you are scared sometimes, you know, everyone throughout your whole life is going to be challenged with certain scenarios where you may be frightened and it, there's nothing to be ashamed about that. So ultimately, in the end, it's brought us a lot closer. Um, I think, as Kath said, they're a lot more resilient. And the best part is they also now are very uh, particular about their health, which in young kids, I think it's it's a good thing. Mm. So there are
1: some positives from a negative. What about during your active treatment? What was the... Uh, is there anything you wish you'd known? What did you rely on so- for support and what were you pleased that you did and perhaps if you had your time again wouldn't
2: mm. I think definitely for me because I was in 15 months of active treatment which is quite a lot so I for me I wish that and, and I took this on board a bit further down the track, was to really, rather than looking at it as a whole kind of 15 months, by breaking it down into smaller milestones was really, really important for me. So I broke it down so I had, you know, my four AC chemos, you know, I celebrated after that. Then I had my, you know, 12 taxols celebrated after that and then chemo was done So I didn't look too far ahead because as soon as I started looking too far ahead and not being present in what I was going through, that's when I started to panic and think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get through this? Will I be okay? It's such a long time. I'm not going to be able to do this. But what I focused on was just that week. And then I would always, at the end of chemo on the Thursday, have a little mini celebration with myself and tick it off. I had, um, I drew up uh, like a table that I had on the fridge, and it was I had stars and ticked it off, and it was like high five. I've got through another <laughs> it's one. It's like you do with your kids, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. A little star chance. Totally, and <laughs> that and that was that was really amazing. And look for me. I for for me my approach to chemo was I wanted to and I was lucky that I um, went through chemo before COVID. I wanted people with me, so I encouraged my friends and family to support me and come and sit with me, and energetically, you know, come in in beautiful colours, and um, that that for me made the experience. I guess just more doable. Some people just want to do it on their own and I completely get that as well. Which comes back to doing it your way isn't it? Exactly doing it your way and that is such an important point because everyone's way is different Mm. and it's really I think as supporters and carers it's just it's another reminder that just because someone else has done it one way doesn't mean that the person you're supporting is going to do it that way as well and it's really important to check in and just see is, is is this working for you how can I support you or you talk to their partner or a good friend of theirs as well because I think some people just bowl in and think they're doing all the right things like a meal train or something for example I didn't want a meal train so I pretty much put and I, I put a stop to that because it just didn't make me feel good
1: which is really interesting, but a real reminder that you can still support in other ways, but it doesn't have to be a stock standard for everyone. And as you mentioned, you you, you had your treatment just prior to COVID, mm. whereas Janine, you were right in the middle of it. I was, yes. And therefore, okay. you had to adapt, didn't mm. you?
3: Yes. So I was different to Kath because obviously during COVID, I was actually lucky that my dad could come with me because it was a stage where not even carers were allowed to come in Um, so look it was a completely different experience and it does come back to you know not one hat fits all because my experience was very much just me and my dad because it had to be someone in my bubble who I was seeing that was allowed to come with me so he was really my rock during that whole time and also the nurses at Peter Mac who were just absolutely beautiful They were the people who were helping me get through it, so it was a little bit isolating. um, But at the same time, you know, I guess for me, I'm I'm quite a private person, so um, it it was also a nice thing for my dad and I to go through together as a team and and quite a unique experience. And you know what the sad thing was? Dad actually ended up saying to me, I look forward to chemo days
1: because I get out of the house. So (laughs) I (laughs) was like, well, there's an upside to everything, isn't there? Isn't it funny? Maybe that's – what's the lesson there? Is that – you don't want to sound too Pollyanna, but is there always a positive to something? Because you wouldn't have chosen to to have gone through that during COVID. Correct. Uh, There's lots of things you wouldn't have chosen. So where's the – what's the lesson there when when things again are out of your control yep. how do you get through it yeah well look the lesson
3: there was and, and you're spot on like when things are out of your control you just got to give into it though to be really honest and go with it and it's like Cass said every day it, you know we never knew what was happening particularly during COVID um mm-hmm. with the lockdown so and week to week when I was having my chemo it was are you going to be allowed to come with me or not and I I could have built up a lot of anxiety around that, but I just sort of gave into it and thought, you just got to go with it, um, except what will happen will happen. Um, and we will
1: get through it one day at a time. What are the lessons learned in the different health system navigation? Kath, you went private. Janine, you were public. Yeah,
2: yeah look, I think from my perspective, Going through the private system for me was a really positive experience overall. The only, I guess the only thing for me was I had a more holistic approach to my breast cancer so it was really important when you're navigating kind of, I guess, the uh, you know medical system that I had my needs, um, I guess, expressed as well. Which again, I, f- I did feel I felt supported, which was fantastic. I worked with a, a wonderful oncology naturopath who I shared all the information with my oncologist, so that was that was really good. And I look, I always felt very supported by my, my medical team. It was still a little confusing because I started off with the surgeon, then I moved on to the oncologist, then there was the radiation therapist. So there's, and then I also had my GP. So there was a number of doctors uh, who were kind of in my, um, I guess, my care team. And sometimes it's hard to know, well, who's the one person I go to for this information? And the answer is sometimes you don't know. And I guess if there was one thing I would have really loved in that experience, it was one person who was my health care advocate who was there who I could talk to about the issues that I had not a breast care nurse someone who was like okay this is how we navigate this because I think you know my oncologist knew everything that um, we needed to for my chemo but then you know radiation was still six months away It it was really hard to know exactly where to go with certain questions. So I think there's a missing... There is still a missing piece there. Mm. Did any of the BCNA services,
1: whether it was the My Journey online tool or the community group or
2: our um, helpline, did any of that help fill in the gaps? Yeah, look, definitely the My Journey tool did when I um, did my own research. And I, I think that was really useful but I think when you're navigating the system, and there's actually, and in, in my case, I didn't feel like I had a lot of time initially when I was starting treatment. You do kind of just almost get pushed off the off the off the ledge, which is which is okay. Again, I had to accept it too, and just go okay, surrender to the process and see what happens. And you do learn a lot along the way and through the experience as well, which is why it's so important that we can talk after we've been through the experience because i learned so much from other people who'd been through their experience as well mm. janine i remember you saying
1: to me that prior to your diagnosis you didn't even know there were many types of breast cancer no so i've learnt just so much i had no, i just thought when you get breast cancer there's
3: just one type and you have chemo and you're fine so it's been you know it's embarrassing being that naive but it's been a real eye-opener and i think um I was so grateful to Kath because I would ring Kath and say, you know, I've got to go to this appointment. Why am I going to this appointment? What's going to happen? Um, Because as she said at the start, there are just so many you go through. Um, And it's interesting that you talk to having sort of an advocate because I guess my um, breast care nurse, Monique, who was my absolute rock and, look, to be really honest, the public system is pretty under-resourced and she's under a lot of pressure, um, but she never made you feel that you weren't really important and how you're feeling wasn't important so she was my rock because you know once you've seen your oncologist or your surgeon in the public system it's not like I can ring them back and say listen I've forgotten something and I want to ask you a question. You don't have that access which I think Cathy you had more
2: access to your
3: doctors if you knew. Yes
2: definitely. My oncologist was amazing like I could text her at 11 o'clock at night and she would come back to me or yeah so I I do feel lucky from that perspective Mm. that there was always a direct line of communication and I broke out in a rash one night from chemo and I was worried and yeah. she came back to me literally five minutes later, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. They're not all that responsive though. No, I, don't I, think I had
3: it. a really bad reaction to Taxil and um, I got really painful uh-huh. legs and I was in excruciating pain and unfortunately I'd have, I had it on Thursday and this happened on a Friday, which meant that I was going to have to put up with it for the whole weekend. Um... And luckily I rang the my breast care nurse and I said, you know, I'm in quite a lot of pain here. And she was on it straight away. She got some medication sent out for me. And I was just so grateful because she, I said, well, can I speak to the oncologist? And, and she said, no,
1: not until next week. Mm. So very, very lucky to have them. And I think it's worth Um, noting that even if you're not assigned a breast care nurse, you should ask for one. Yes, absolutely. So unfortunately there's always a few gaps in the system. Like you said, it's very busy and sometimes it can just get overlooked. So it's really important to ask for a a breast care nurse. Absolutely.
3: And the resources on the BCNA were really good because I would always go on and research stuff if I wasn't aware of exactly what was going on and I couldn't ask those questions. It was a really good resource actually
0: look it up. BCNA's online network is an active peer-to-peer support community where people affected by breast cancer can find information and connect with others who understand what you're going through read posts, write your own, ask a question, start a discussion and support others. The online network is available for you at every stage of your breast cancer journey, as well as your family, partner and friends. For more information, visit bcna.org.au forward slash online network. I
1: wonder whether another um, reflection is that don't try and tough something out if you're in pain. If you are feeling sick, women notoriously yes. tend mm. to power through. It'll be all right, it'll be all right, yeah. or there are other people before me, even when you are sick. Yeah. You had the foresight to ring your breast care nurse. Yes, because I'd actually also set, spoken
3: to Kath about it and said, oh, you know, I've got, my legs are really, I'm in a lot of pain. Did you have that? And, you know, Kath's experience was no, I, she was fine. So, again, no one's experience is the same. Um, and... It, you know, it was it was good to know that I had someone that I could call on. What about
1: when you've finished treatment? Mm-hmm. We sort of call it handing back the vacuum cleaner because yeah. <laughs> the medical appointments, which are really intense, and even maybe in your um, case, Janine, after a reconstruction, mm. there's a lot of uh, rehab and, and getting back to, well, your new normal. Yeah. So we speak about it but there must be a bit of loss too. You're grieving your old self, uh, perhaps you're not back at work and the world very much moves on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And were you changed, Kat?
2: Definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, even I was thinking about this this morning. It's The grief isn't linear. Um, I think some days you do feel a bit back to normal and other days you still feel a lot of great for me my life has changed like significantly. Before having breast cancer I was working in a you know a busy PR job and now I I'm not working in that job. I chose to resign and I've chosen to start um you know a whole new career in a couple of different um, different businesses. But I think the biggest thing for me that's changed is you know my relationship with myself but also some of the relationships around me as well I think you look at life quite differently you have a new perspective on on living because I think sometimes you can take what that is for granted and I really don't now so it's this presence in life that you really bring to the table and sometimes people want you to move on from breast cancer they just you know Kath look, she looks so healthy life's back to normal but part of me is like no but I've been through this experience it's actually part of who I am and I don't want to forget about it I really don't I, I want it to um, I still want people to ask me how I am or how I'm feeling and sometimes they just don't And there are people who are there for you and sometimes there are people who you expect to be there for you and they're just not. And you've got to deal with that.
1: So that's a real reflection on learning, isn't it? That you change and when you change, therefore probably so to the people that you need in your life.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's... um, for me it's just a reminder again that these experiences these traumatic experiences and it it doesn't matter what they are that so many things in life do change and it's constantly changing even even though I had cancer two years ago there's still so many changes that are um opening up and I can see them still and it's hard even looking back uh and wondering, you know, what, who was that person two years ago? I do feel very different.
1: Mm. Janine, did you feel angry at all? I mean, you went from a, a early diagnosis of breast cancer mm. to very quickly progressing yep. to, as we mentioned, the yep. double mastectomy, the reconstruction. Yeah. Were you angry at all? And did you feel a little bit sort of guilty that you were feeling angry because, well, hell you're alive and you're coming out the other side it, yeah. it must be was was it a roller coaster it was an absolute roller coaster and it was full of you know I, I had a lot of shock
3: because you know in mentally I'd prepared for the original plan um, and when that all changed and it also made the whole treatment quite confronting because it wasn't having a double mastectomy just wasn't on the cards so I've now coming out the other side of that you know obviously I've I've got my scars and I'm reminded daily of what I've been through so I think sometimes when you're looking at that every day you do have a reminder of what you've been through but also you know initially I was probably angry because I thought you know you, you told me something else this wasn't on the plan Um, how could have this happened? Why is this happening? You know, which I think most women, when you go through this, you kind of think that to yourself, a bit of why me happened. Um, But why not me as well, you know? So, yes, anger, but now very grateful. I'm grateful because um, so far I've recovered well and... um, I've changed my life for the better, I believe. I, I eliminate as much stress as possible. I've got some beautiful, close, tight friendships of people who get it and understand it. And as Kath said, once you and, and most women out there who are probably listening to this, once you go through it, you can't forget it. It will always be with you and it will change you. And you just, again, got to look for the positives in that. And that's what I try to do. Um, you know, my breasts now are quite perky. So you've got to be
1: (laughs) There's that silver lining again. You've got to be (laughs) grateful about that. (laughs) But do you think uh, if you were talking to, you know, the version of yourself from 18 months ago or 12 months ago actually, would you say, you know, it's okay to flip-flop between...
3: 100%.
1: Anger,
2: gratitude,
1: fear, comfort...
2: Yes, I think mm. so. Totally. Um, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned anger because I, I actually felt really angry last week, which was bizarre because I haven't felt that mm. for a while. But I was just, I could, I've just felt really something was going on and I thought, I'm actually feeling really angry. And it was just the fact that um, I, yeah, I think I was thinking back two years ago and just thinking about how life had changed so much and i just realised I still have stuff to process mm-hmm. and anger's okay. It's fine to be angry. It's actually good to be angry. It's good to acknowledge that you are angry uh, and then it, the emotion, you move through it and something else comes up. I think one of the feelings I felt initially, though, after finishing active treatment was just this absolute sense of relief I guess I just relief but it wasn't an elation it was just a a numb relief just thank goodness I've looked this was the day that I'd sort of marked in my diary and then I'd got there and I was like oh (laughs) but then everyone else had thought that I'd finished treatment at chemo do you know what I mean because COVID hit and everyone actually and I'd actually got the all clear after chemo so everyone just thinks you're you're okay yeah and then so you sort of I was navigating all of that most of that really on my own that sort of last part so you're really just giving yourself the high fives <laughs> it's true. people just expect
3: I think once you finish your treatment and uh, even the surgery they're like okay so you're all better now and everyone wants you to move on and everything to go back to normal um but your normal is probably a little bit different now. And I think that can really be challenging to a lot of people who are around you. And because I have had a lot of people say, just move on now. And I think that you can't tell someone when to do that. It's something you've got to come to terms with yourself. And that may take a very long time. And particularly, you know, I think for me and with my type of cancer, you've got a period where you have to be very vigilant with yourself. Um, really know your body and you're very very aware of what's going on in your body so um, it's always with you so I was saying to Kath earlier today you know if I get a new ache and pain you instantly go to well what's that
1: fear of recurrence yeah
3: and that doesn't go away and as much Mm -hmm. as everyone wants us to move on for me and again my type of cancer it's always simmering underneath at the moment so um, I try not to focus on that and I try to move
1: forward with it but um, that's my new normal. Mm. Well you've both made significant changes since Mm. your uh, treatment including change of careers and Janine you're not as anxious you're focusing more on what matters so uh, I guess um, simplifying uh, things and you mentioned about The old you, you can't help but change a little bit. So what would the reflection be or maybe some advice to others who are on the cusp of either treatment or on just coming out of the other side? Is it you can't hang on to the old you because you're just not or can you?
2: I think that's a really... It's kind of yes and no. You can hang on to the old you in that there is still a part of you that is the old you but you you change and there is a grief and i would just say that it's complicated but you just got to let go and i guess surrender to what that experience is the one thing i can say is that my experience with breast cancer has more than anything I guess been a positive experience because I've chosen to take the positives out of the experience which is I I realised that there was so much love around me and that the important things in life are really the human connections that you have whether it's with your friends, your family, your nurses, your doctors, all of that all of that connection that comes through that experience is so so important and you kind of realise that a lot of the other stuff that you've been worrying about as the old you doesn't really mean anything and so I think for me that is the thing that I took out of out of it most and what I would say if you're you've just been diagnosed or you're just starting treatment focus on the people who you really love and care about and they will give you a collective hug I guess and that's for me where the beautiful energy came from that collective hug oh it's so beautiful Kath (laughs) can I follow that
3: but I probably second you know most of what Kath just said I think um, you know how I've sort of changed from the experience as you, you said I just really appreciate those who are close to me. My kids love that I probably don't scream as much now, so that's a positive (laughs) for the whole household, really. (laughs) But really, you know, I just am so grateful. I wake up feeling a lot clearer um, and just get the most out of everything because everything can change very quickly. So, you know, I look around me and I appreciate every single thing that I've got and that's my family and my beautiful friends. Do you miss the old you? No, because I think I'm a better person now. I think sometimes these things happen and it gives you a bit of a reality check and I used to take a lot of things for granted um, and didn't appreciate the goodness and probably tended to lean towards more negative thoughts and now beam a lot more positive and try and give that energy out and try and give back I think you know I wish sometimes at the start of my journey that I you know it's heard all this previously and that just know that you're going to be
1: okay well thank you you both have a beautiful energy so I'm very grateful <laughs> for you, you both sharing your stories today on Upfront. This podcast was brought to you with thanks to Cancer Australia. My Journey has a range of information and support tailored to your specific needs at all stages of your breast cancer journey, including early breast cancer, DCIS, metastatic breast cancer and survivorship. BCNA's online network is also an online peer-to-peer support community where you can talk to other people about your breast cancer experience. To sign up to access the My Journey online tool, visit myjourney.org.au I'm Kelly Curtin it's good to be up front with you.